0: Monday, March the 29th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, a massacre in Myanmar and in Mozambique. First, the world in brief. Security forces in Myanmar opened fire on mourners at the funeral of one of the 114 people killed in Saturday's protests. There were no immediate reports of casualties at the funeral. Meanwhile, around 3,000 people fled from Karen in the southeast of the country to neighboring Thailand after airstrikes by Myanmar's army aimed at an ethnic militia. Islamist Insurgents in Mozambique attacked a convoy that was trying to escape the besieged town of Palma in the country's north. Seven people are confirmed to have been killed. Around 60, both locals and foreigners, are missing, feared dead. The rebels began an assault on the town, which is home to a natural gas project run by Total, a French energy firm, on Wednesday. At least 10 protesters in Bangladesh were killed in clashes with police as demonstrations against the two-day visit by Narendra Modi, India's Prime Minister, continued after his departure. The protests, organised by Islamist groups, were followed by attacks on Hindu temples and on a train in eastern Bangladesh. Mr Modi arrived on Friday to mark the 50th anniversary of Bangladesh's independence. Armenia's Prime Minister said he would step down in April after weeks of protests. The country has been in turmoil since a conflict with Azerbaijan last year ended in a peace deal that many Armenians regarded as humiliating. Nikol Pashinyan ceded large swathes of Armenian-controlled territory in Nagorno-Karabakh, an enclave within Azerbaijan. His departure paves the way for an election in June. Two members of Britain's Parliament quit the Scottish National Party to join ALBA, a pro-independence party set up by Alex Salmond, the SNP's former leader. Mr Salmond launched ALBA after a turbulent week. On Monday, Nicola Sturgeon, his successor as SNP leader and Scotland's First Minister, was cleared of breaking Scotland's ministerial code in her handling of a sexual harassment investigation into Mr Salmond. The Australian government said it expects exports of iron ore to hit 136 billion Australian dollars, 104 billion US dollars, this financial year as global demand for steel recovers after a COVID-19 slump. The country's most valuable export is projected to earn more than 100 billion Australian dollars for each of the next five years. China has boycotted a range of Australian imports but it remains reliant on Australia's iron ore. And two companies in the United Arab Emirates agreed to become the first foreign producers of Sinopharm, a Chinese COVID-19 vaccine. Gulf Pharmaceuticals Industries, PSC, said it had signed a deal with g 42 a self-describing cloud computing and artificial intelligence firm, which has been helping with trials of the jab in the UAE. The agreement denotes an expansion of Chinese diplomacy in the Gulf. And now, here's today's agenda. Derek in the Dock. The Chauvin Trial. The trial of Derek Chauvin, the former police officer accused of killing George Floyd, begins today in Minneapolis. Mr Chauvin, whom bystanders recorded pressing his knee into Mr Floyd's neck for nearly nine minutes, faces murder and manslaughter charges. His lawyers are expected to argue that a combination of poor health and illegal drugs, not Mr Chauvin's knee, killed Mr Floyd, and that he followed proper police procedure. In their brief, prosecutors note that police know that the sort of restraint Mr Chauvin used on a prone subject, as Mr Floyd was, is quote, inherently dangerous, and that the medical examiner's autopsy ruled his death a homicide. The city of Minneapolis and the Floyd family have already reached a $27 million settlement. On the jury are nine whites and six who identify as black or multiracial. The trial will be streamed live, and is expected to last for most of April. New Kid on the Block Billy Billy Lists Billy Billy, often dubbed quote China's YouTube, began trading on Hong Kong's stock market today. The Shanghai-based video platform has enjoyed several years of whirlwind growth. Its number of monthly active users shot up from 78 million in early 2018 to 202 million in the final quarter of 2020. Nearly nine in ten of them are under 35. Between March 2018, when the firm listed in New York and February this year, its market capitalization rose more than tenfold to $41 billion, though profits remain elusive. In recent weeks, however, investors have called on Chinese internet firms. An index of such companies listed in Hong Kong has fallen by 10% since the beginning of March. Billy Billy's shares were soon trading below its IPO price. The share price of Baidu, a search engine which completed a secondary listing in Hong Kong on March 23rd, has declined by 15%. Violence on Parade Myanmar's Grizzly Armed Forces Day On Saturday, while Myanmar's generals were enjoying a public holiday dedicated to their glorious institution, their troops were on a murderous rampage. The night before, the regime had warned protesters that they could be quote, shot in the back and the back of the head. True to their word, security forces killed at least 114 people, making it the deadliest day since the top brass launched their coup last month. Many of the victims were not protesters but bystanders, some of them children. Western countries swiftly condemned the violence. But China, India and Russia were silent. All three countries sent representatives to the Armed Forces Day ceremony. Meanwhile, two ethnic militias claim to have seized one military base each. These groups and several others are in negotiations with the parallel civilian government composed of MPs elected to parliament last November about forming a federal union and an army. Myanmar's generals have little cause to celebrate. No Greater Love Patriot Games in Hong Kong One of the great sleights of hand performed by any autocracy is to persuade people that a love of their ruler equates to a love of their country. Today, the National People's Congress Standing Committee, China's legislature, finalises rules it plans to impose on Hong Kong's electoral system. Foremost among them is that only, quote, patriots may stand for elected office, by which naturally it means those who gush for the Chinese Communist Party. The government in Beijing was spooked when Hong Kongers took to the streets in 2019 in pursuit of that most unpatriotic desire, greater democracy. So it set about changing the rules, already skewed in its favour, about who may represent the people. The election committee that chooses Hong Kong's chief executive will be bolstered with more pro-establishment types. LEGCO, the territory's legislature, will be packed with more Beijing-friendly politicians. According to the CCP, the result will be a big, quote, improvement to the system. Choice Paralysis Europe's third wave of COVID-19 The German state of Baden-Württemberg is relaxing its lockdown restrictions today. Gatherings of up to five people from two families are now allowed even in areas with higher rates of COVID-19. The change is typical of European governments caught between a desire to open up and a fast-rising third wave of the COVID-19 pandemic. Vaccination programs are lagging far behind those in Britain or America. In France, 19 areas have tightened their lockdowns, but the health minister hesitates to do so nationally. The Netherlands, which had hoped to end its curfew, instead pushed it back from 9pm to 10pm. But some places are more cautious. Italy will today declare, quote, red zones, restaurants closed, no visits to family or friends, in three more provinces, for a total of 11. Germany, which last week scrapped a planned lockdown over the Easter holiday, is unsure what to do instead. The popularity of the governing Christian Democrats is falling by the day. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Robert Falcon Scott, who passed away on this day in 1912. The dog lives for the day, the hour, even the moment. That's it from The Economist morning briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.